Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fashion Files podcast with me, your host, Jelena, and welcome to the first episode of 2021 and our first episode of season two of the podcast. Very exciting stuff. Um, I'm so excited that it's a new year. I feel like everyone is. 2020 was a nightmare mess, but today in this episode, we are taking a final look at 2020 and doing a 2020 fashion roundup. We're going to go through the best moments, the worst moments, everything in between, how the industry industry changed, all of that good stuff. So before we get right into it, I wanted to tell you there also are going to be a few changes coming to the podcast in the new year. So just the one big change, I'm actually going to start producing episodes every other week instead of every week. So they'll still be on Mondays, but just every other Monday. I feel like I need a little more time to perfect the episodes and make sure all of the research is done to make sure that they are the best possible for the audience. So I'm just really excited for this new year of the podcast. And we are going to have so many exciting guests and topics. I have so many things planned already. So for now, though, we'll kick it off with one last look at 2020. And then I promise we will try to stop talking about it because I'm sure you want to forget it just as much as I do. So let's get right into it. So we're actually going to be talking about every month. So just I picked out a few special moments from each month that we're going to be talking about. So first, we're moving into January of 2020. So January 2020, if you can actually remember, the world was actually normal. I mean, most parts of the world, in terms of the pandemic, we weren't seeing shutdowns yet. I live in America. If you guys did not know that, um, we did not see shutdowns till like, I want to say like mid-March. So this was still a very normal point in my life. End of January, we saw Paris Couture Week. We saw Dior, Chanel, Margiela, Givenchy. Ralph and Russo, a ton more. We also saw the iconic Gigi hair flip moment at Jacques Mousse this month. That was a moment I feel like everyone remembers. And then ending out the month, we had January 28th through 31st, Copenhagen Fashion Week. So definitely very normal, still in-person shows, all of that good stuff in January. Then moving into February, at the beginning of February, from the 6th through the 13th, we saw New York Fashion Week. So we saw all of the usuals, Brandon Maxwell, Ula Johnson, Jeremy Scott, Tory Burch, Brock Collection, The Row, Zimmerman, Marc Jacobs, many more. I'm just giving a few names for each of these just to give you guys some names, but definitely I cannot include all of them. The episode would get probably really long. And then mid-February, from the 14th through the 18th, we actually saw London Fashion Week. So we saw Shrimps, Molly Goddard, Victoria Beckham, Margiela, Burberry, all of the usuals. Then February 18th through 24th, we saw Milan Fashion Week. And this was when I think in a lot of people's minds who are interested in fashion and the fashion industry, I feel like this is a pivotal moment in terms of, terms of the pandemic too, where in your mind... <laughs> everything sort of shifted a little bit and you were sort of like, uh, like what's going on? So this was the end of February. So obviously all of the fashion weeks do lead to a lot of travel, which in a pandemic and leading up to a big pandemic is difficult. And at that point we were not wearing masks either. It was just a very different state of the world. So that obviously did not help the spread of COVID-19 we saw at Fashion Week shows like Gucci, Jill Sanders, Montclair, Max Mara, Prada, 
Todd's Atro Marnie Versace. We actually saw JLo's iconic green dress moment at Versace. I feel like that sticks out as one of like the iconic fashion moments from the year when fashion shows were normal. But we also saw at the end of Fashion Week in Milan, Giorgio Armani was one of the first to move his shows to a digital format, while most of the others that I just mentioned were having in-person shows. So this is definitely, in my mind, looking back on the year, a turning point. Then heading into March, which was the month where truly everything changed for most of the world. So end of February, early March was Paris Fashion Week, which we also saw a majority of in-person shows. Although things were really starting to get intense in Milan, we did still see in-person shows there. We saw Dior, Saint Laurent, Lanvin, Margiela, Kenzo, Mugler, Rick Owens, Off-White, Isabel Morant, Loueve, Balmain, Chanel, all of those. And this was really the month where the pandemic was starting to hit hard all over the world. We saw major shutdowns, the rise of athleisure, and a lot of retail shutdowns too, which definitely had a major impact on the industry. Then moving into April, this was a relatively slow month. I feel like looking back, it was just a weird state of the world. We didn't really know what was going to happen. We did see Ralph Simmons join Prada in April. We also saw a lot of changes in retail and online sales to try to boost sales as we are really getting into these strict lockdowns. I think it's really interesting to look at how a brand like Chanel has really sort of had to change throughout the pandemic in terms of online sales and retail shutdowns because they are a brand that typically are, they try to keep their products only sold in special boutiques maybe a boutique in a Bloomingdale's or a Saks, one of those, but mainly their own boutiques. So, and not really online. You can buy fragrance, makeup, that sort of thing easily online, but bags, shoes, ready to wear, definitely they were not, I feel like, ready for the pandemic in terms of that sense. So, it's been interesting to take a look at how they've had to adapt throughout the pandemic and how they've adapted, if they've done it well, what they haven't done well. I think it's still a little bit too early to tell, but it's something to keep a close eye on. In the month of May, we typically see fashion's biggest event of the year, the Met Gala. So it's definitely notable to include in this month that the Met Gala this year was actually canceled, obviously, due to the pandemic. But the exhibit, which is called About Time at the Met, it did actually open in October. So a few months after, obviously it's hard to do anything in a pandemic, but much less curate an exhibit with pieces from all over the world. So definitely take a look at that exhibit if you can safely. I've seen a lot of pictures, articles, videos online. So if you're interested in seeing it, definitely take a look at it. I'll try and include some links down below. If anyone is interested, although we didn't get to see the typical crazy outfits on the stairs at the Met, we do still get the exhibit. So definitely a silver lining. There's still half of it. Um, And then also in the month of May, I think this was a point where we'd been at home for a while. We were all starting to think about our impact on the world society moving forward, sustainability, all these topics were really sort of coming up more and more. 
And this was the month that the creative director of Gucci, Alessandro Michele, actually announced that the brand would be permanently limiting the number of fashion shows that they produce every year down to two. I think this was a great decision and a very timely decision. I thought more fashion houses would follow this decision. They did not, as far as I'm aware of, but there's always time for change. So maybe 2021 will bring even more change it better so we will keep looking out for more brands to limit the number of shows every year because we really need to look at waste as consumers and as people who are interested in fashion i think it's important to look at how much production and all of that sort of thing and the fashion shows and all of that how much that does contribute to waste and just how that plays a role in sustainability and the earth and all of that. So definitely something to take a look at. Then in the month of May, we also saw brands like Chanel and Louis Vuitton and other luxury retailers raising prices. So this was a weird moment when I found out that they were raising prices because May, we're deep in the pandemic. I mean, you would think that with everyone losing their jobs and frontline workers, working at still the same wages that they were when the work environment was much less risky and people on furlough and just trying to stay safe, you would think that these luxury brands would see decreases in sales and have to decrease certain prices of things because they would want to appeal to more people, but it was actually quite the opposite. They were raising prices. So spokesperson for Chanel actually did say that due to the pandemic, the price of raw materials were changing. And since Chanel has a really high quality that they require, it was already difficult to find them pre-pandemic. And then in the pandemic, it was even harder to find the materials. So that's why the prices increased, but just something interesting to note. I don't know too much about like how much they've increased in certain items. I know in November the Chanel 19 bag increased in price. I know there was like a crazy frenzy to get it before the price increased, but I don't know too much besides that. So if you are looking for more info on that, I'll try and include some resources down below for you guys to take a look at. Then moving into June, on June 8th, we saw the CFDA Fashion Awards. And then also two months after Claire Keller left Givenchy, the new American designer Matthew Williams actually took on Givenchy this month as well as the new creative director. Also, I think very special to note this summer with George Floyd's death on May 25th, moving into more into the summer, we really saw a rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. And while it was making changes in society, it was also opening up a really important conversation on race in the fashion industry. And we saw different brands participating in the movement and also not participating in the movement. And maybe some were participating in the movement, but it was not well received. And you did wonder more about the intention behind it. So I am also not the best person to speak on this. I will include some links down below, though, that are better resources for a conversation on race in the fashion industry for you all to read and look up on. Then moving into July, we saw the release of the Dior Air Jordan. So there were this was actually limited to 8,500 pairs and released at select Dior stores, which now you can find these shoes like 
all over eBay and all sorts of other places going for crazy amounts. This was a massive release. Then July 6th through 8th, we saw Paris Couture Week mainly online. We also saw Milan Fashion Week online this month. And then one of my favorite moments from the summer and this month definitely had to be the Jacquemus Spring Summer 2021 show. This was the show in the wheat field outside of Paris. This show for me was the perfect escape into the beautiful world of Jacquemus and his aesthetic for the summer. It was the perfect escape for me personally. I think the summer was a really difficult time for a lot of us and just to be able to see a beautiful show and a very simple show, simple aesthetics in the really natural environment of the wheat field, it was just really special. So that's definitely a defining moment for the year and the month. Moving into August, August was honestly like a pretty empty month in terms of the fashion industry. From my point of view and from my research, we saw Copenhagen Fashion Week actually canceled that month. So not too much to report on for August, but September we had a really busy month. We saw Kim Jones replace Karl Lagerfeld at Fendi as the new creative director of Couture, Ready to Wear, and the Fur Collections. And Kim Jones also still remains the artistic director of Adore Men, so also something notable. Then, middle of September, the 14th through the 16th, we saw New York Fashion Week. We saw then September 17th through 22nd, London Fashion Week, mainly digital, but some in-person shows. We saw J.W. Anderson, Burberry, Vivian Westwood, all of those digitally. Very interesting to see how each of them took on the digital format. And then at the end of the month, we did see Milan Fashion Week, which was digital and physical in-person shows. So I think it's very interesting to see how the different brands took on the challenge of in-person and digital shows. Very interesting. Then moving into October, Japanese designer and founder of Kenzo, Kenzo Takada, which my pronunciation, once again, guys, please excuse me. Um, He died at the age of 81 from complications due to COVID-19, so not really a great way to remember this month, but we also saw Paris Fashion Week, which was spring-summer 2021 showing, a lot of in-person shows actually, which was surprising to me. This month, we also saw the Balmain show on the boat, the retrospective, very interesting I just watched a YouTube video about that the other day. Very interesting. I will include a link down below as usual. This month, we also saw Emily in Paris come out, which I have a lot of thoughts on that show, um, most of which are not so kind. So, I mean, the wardrobe department really just, it was just horrible. So, really not a great month. So, Then, moving into November, we saw a show that I actually really enjoyed came out, The Crown on Netflix Season 4. We saw Emma Corrin as Princess Diana, and we really saw a lot of interesting, iconic moments of Princess Diana's style redone in the show. So we saw the wedding dress and so many other incredible looks, the sheep sweater many more, which did spur a conversation on whether Sloan Ranger style will be coming back. 
Then we actually saw Gucci Fest, which was a mini series featuring the new collection by Alessandro Michele. It was directed by Gus Van Sant and Alessandro Michele. And it we saw a lot of different artists. We saw Harry Styles, Florence and the Machine, Billie Eilish, and many more. I will try and include a link to that down below too. And then we also saw the U.S. election, which was a really interesting moment. Really, really interesting moment. Um, I've never watched the news more in my life, honestly. I was glued to the TV. And now we are going to have Kamala Harris as our first woman vice president. She, in her acceptance speech, she wore an iconic white Carolina Herrera suit, which really was a nod back to the suffragette movement, which was a really, I think it was a really exciting moment and a great look for her. Then moving into December, we saw Harry Styles as the first solo man to be on the cover of Vogue in a pale Gucci ball gown, which the cover did stir up somehow a lot of drama because some people are, I guess, offended by the thought of a man in a dress. But it also really opened up a conversation on what masculinity is and opened up more of the conversation on toxic masculinity in the shoot, he also wore Bodie and Harris Reed, which I'm a massive fan of Harris Reed. I feel like that is a designer that people really need to be watching in terms of like 2021. I'm super excited to watch. So I will try and include a link to their Instagram down below for you guys. Then in December, we also saw Condé Nast doing some restructuring and they actually gave Anna Wintour even more power. So she now serves as the chief content officer for the entirety of Condé Nast and the global editorial director for Vogue, which also, guys, something notable. I am recording this a few days before the new year, so just so I have time to prep everything, get everything ready for the podcast, but if any crazy things happen at the end of 2020, which they definitely could, that is why I did not talk about them here. It just didn't work right with the scheduling so but if there's anything crazy that happens that you want me to talk about or take a look at definitely let me know another interesting thing to read that i will link down below for you guys is the business of fashion and mckinsey and company's state of fashion 2020 report it really goes more into the global economy consumer shifts the fashion system and more on sustainability I will have it linked down below. I think it's really interesting. And if you do get a chance to read it, let me know your thoughts. And that is it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for sticking with me through it all. And I am so excited for 2021. If you are a new listener, be sure to find us at the Fashion Files Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And definitely let me know what you think of it, what guests you want to see in the new year, and all of that good stuff. Thank you so much. Bye.